Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester. And Av, let me ask you this question. How in God's name did you get this podcast? And I'm Av Sinensky. Oh, and see, can you get me a lemon with that intro line, please? <laughs> Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss season nine, episode three, A Disturbance in the Kitchen, which originally aired on October 15th, 2017. I remember that day. I was in a great mood. The Vikings had spanked the Packers. They knocked Aaron Rodgers out of the game. They were on the start. Um, I was going to mention this at the end of the season, but from the moment that the first episode of Curve Season 9 airs until the moment the final episode airs, the Minnesota Vikings did not lose a game that entire stretch. Oh, wow. So I assume the Jets lost many games. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was I was in a good mood during season nine. And maybe I was so focused on the Vikings that I was like, oh, yeah, Curb is OK also. But, uh, you know, through two episodes, I don't know why it has this better reputation because because I've liked it. You've liked it. And um, I, I like this week's episode also. Yeah. So I have a little bit of a theory that I guess I'm going to test. As we maybe I think I alluded to this on a previous episode or talking to somebody else, I can't remember. Um, but I feel like season nine is kind of like a departure in form from what came before it. Okay, that now season 10 and, and season 11 have gotten us like more used to as curb, um, where it's just like much more wacky, much more like it doesn't really need to tie together. It's kind of like what Elon Gold described as just like a series of bits, okay. Um, and like coming off season eight, I feel like it felt like a downgrade. But like now, like in the context of season 10 and 11, I think you kind of now see this as more of a, okay, it's just become like this like different kind of show a little bit. And some of the stuff in season nine is actually also pretty funny. So let me Even ask you if a it question. didn't live up to, yeah. On, on our podcast, we went seasons one through eight sequentially. And then before we went to nine, we skipped to 11, of course, to be with the show, with the show live. If we had done that, if we had gone straight to nine, do you think we would have rated the last couple of episodes a little bit lower than we did, having had 11 fresh in our minds? No, I not necessarily because just because I still think we would have at least season 10 also in our brains. Okay. as just like, OK, like Curb isn't always like that anymore. It, it's, you know, it's, it has more of these like broader episodes that still make you laugh. And it's kind of just like it's it's almost like season nine of Seinfeld in a way, not quite the same, but like just like taking it to that, like, you know, last, last leap of like, you know, completely embracing the wackiness of it all. Well, so as soon as you were talking about, you know, becoming a slightly different show, embracing, embracing the wackiness, I immediately thought about late, late era Seinfeld, you know, post uh, LD's departure, which was certainly wackier, but I don't think had a reputation as being worse. Like you look at the episode rankings and um, so it's being a different show or being wacky doesn't inherently mean that it has to be worse, I think. 
Um, so I, I wonder what it is specifically. And we're only two episodes in a season. And I remember being disappointed with the end and with Lin-Manuel Miranda and like, you know, sort of how they sort of right. petered out the, the fatwa idea. So so may, maybe we still have to keep watching before we draw any conclusions. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would say still even, you know, we'll we'll get more specific into this episode. Um uh, but you know, even even now through three episodes, I still feel like this season is fun. Like it's good. Like it's is it is every episode the best episode? No, but like it's like so far so good. This is a fun season. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we are enjoying ourselves so far, and we're going to continue today. We're going to talk about donkeys and field chickens today. Uh, before we do though, we have a couple of uh, we have an email and then and then a voicemail note from um from a previous episode that we didn't get to. So we thought we'd get to it here before we jump into a disturbance in the kitchen. All right, let's do okay. it. Some early, uh, some early postman. Yeah, postman stopped by early today. Um, Zachary Water emails us. Avin Alexander, as brilliant as JB Smooth is, I have to comment on your discussion over the term lampin from the Foisted episode. The first time I ever heard this was in the Kanye song uh, "Get Him High" from 2004. And uh, let's play a representative lyric here. You nine girls on Black Planet B when they get bubbly at NYU, but she hailed from Kansas. Right now she just lamping, chilling on campus. Sent me a picture with a feeling on Candace. Who said her favorite rapper was the late great Francis? All right, so lamping, chilling on campus. So uh, if Kanye says the term in a song in 2004, it has to exist at least, you know, I, I don't I don't think Kanye invented it in that song. I mean, if you think if we believed until now that J.B. Smooth invented it, why can't we believe that Kanye invented it? Yeah, well, J.B. Smooth is a con- uh, or I should say Leon Black is a confirmed serial liar about everything. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, so so we, we assumed he came up with it on the spot and he uh, just popularized the term that was already popular enough in, in some circles anyhow in uh, Chicago hip hop circles or, or whatever. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if it's a, if it's in a Kanye it was popularized, song, it was probably. Right. Yeah, pretty well known. Yes. at that point. But yes, but became uh, well known to a uh, to maybe older and whiter people like us. Right. Larry David just found that recently. But yeah. that's, you know, we found out after him. Yeah. So Zachary Water, back to Mr. Water. I don't know the original source for the term, but being the white Jew from the Midwest that I am, I thought I'd chime in. Uh, you're pro- oh, we're getting very complimentary here. You're probably my favorite podcast right now. I'm a nurse and watching an episode of Curb and then listening to your show is soothing and cathartic. You offer a much needed respite from all of the craziness going on in the world right now. I really appreciate what you guys do. Keep up the great content. So Zach is like saving lives and then comes back and decides to waste his time listening to us. So, so really, um, it's kind of like we're saving lives. Yeah, well, that's I, what I, I think it's say. fair to like, say. If not, if he couldn't listen to us afterwards, he wouldn't really have the emotional capability, it sounds like, to, to be treating his patients. So, yeah, we get all the credit, I think. I'm going to tell my wife. <laughs> so she's you know, bragging about what she's doing. I don't want to hear what you did today. You want to know what I did today? I'm yeah. saving lives. Yes. Out of the, the hospital. MD. Um, so thank you very much, Zach. All right. Now we got a voice note from our mutual friend, uh, Steen. We both just saw, and um, let's let's see. Yeah, I watched the uh, I watched the Forty Niners Packers game with Steam on Saturday night. I was supposed to be there. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> why, you know, why couldn't you come <laughs> home with a little bit of the vid? I made I made yeah. it this long, but uh, you know, you were you were. I think you were publicly outed on, on a different podcast for having COVID. You mean? Yeah. Which podcast was that? Uh, New girl, old guy. Oh, they said that I've COVID there. <laughs> Uh huh. Oh, I mean, it, it's true. I do. Oh no, no it's, I don't think it's a big deal. It's just I was yeah. like, oh, I think that was like the first public announcement. Oh, I don't. I'm like on the podcast on the podcast airwaves. Yeah, I didn't know separate uh, for separate communications channel. I listened to that, but I must have missed that part. I don't know. I can give it another listen. All right, so I think, I, so. I think I mentioned it. Yeah. Here, here's a voice note from our our friend Steen. Yo, I was gonna send you like an email, 
but instead I decided to send you a voice note. And the reason I'm sending this voice note is to give you guys a compliment. I listen to a ton of podcasts. I have like 110 hours backed up of podcasts. And like Ryan Russillo talks about like, you know, he used to do radio for ESPN, how like you'd get these celebs going through the car wash and like how like you could tell they don't want to be there. And like he would think of things to do that would um, be like would make it interesting. But he's like, but sometimes like the person would be upset, like, but like sometimes you could tell on these podcasts, but like the guy doesn't want to be there. You have you have these guests, and they just fucking love talking to you, and you guys have such a like good dynamic. You don't like talk over each other. You're like oh. and like it's just it's just like amazing how like what he's saying something stupid. Guests just sit down with you guys and like they've obviously like listened to your other podcasts. They love your other podcasts. They like love talking about the show and what they do they're like effusive like again i listen to other podcasts i listen to interviews with people like promoting stuff and they don't like talk as excitedly with the podcast guys as like these guests like talk about it with you and like i think it's a real like credit to you guys as like podcast hosts you know you just do a great job and it's a great podcast and i actually think i'm going to continue with the curb rewatch to continue also listening to your podcast because i enjoy it um yep so that's that that's uh the voice note all right guys bye all right very nice uh voice note from steen there yeah everyone should send us nice messages about how great we are yeah um, this is a very, you know, a very self-indulging podcast. This is yes. kind of what we do here. But you know what? This should... is your first time listening. This is what we do. People yes. send in very uh, gratifying <laughs> messages. We read them aloud. Yeah, we should. Uh, well, you have said before that you will read every message that comes. If you insult That's us, well, we also read it. <laughs> we read those too. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I actually haven't that. checked Apple. I actually haven't checked Apple in a while. Maybe there's something new there. We can, uh, another negative. I'll look for that. I'll, I'll look for that while we record. No, yeah. we, we All right. So, so thank you very much. And, and listen, if you want to be another guest, if you uh, and have the same fun that Steen says the other guests are having, let us know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you could um, write in all sorts of ways, as always, curbpostman at gmail.com. You could write. Uh, uh, us or review us on Apple or I think on Spotify now. There's all different, like you could do it all sorts of places. I think the best place to do it is Apple, is what they say. Uh, so do it there, write something nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is this new? Oh, I think this one is new. Okay, we'll get to it later. All right. Um, yeah. All right, let's jump into us. So that's pretty much it. Um, let's jump into the episode. We're going to do season nine, episode three. A disturbance in the kitchen. All right. So we start out in the uh, restaurant in which the uh, titular kitchen is located. And uh, Larry and Jeff sitting at their table, waiting to eat. Food's taking a really long time to come. Uh, Larry, of course, is still in his uh, amazing disguise with the mustache and uh, you know the, the gray hair and the glasses, looking awesome. And food's taking forever. And Jeff um, says Jeff to him, Larry, "By the way, it's hard for me to look at you in that wig." <laughs> and I really, you know, I've I've had the same position on Curb when he was in the Scorsese movie. I had the same position on Seinfeld when George had the piece. 
why? Why are people trashing this look? It's a great look. Larry looks good. Great. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it, what's so interesting about it is that, like, he really does look so much better whenever he has hair. Yeah. Like, which means, like, he actually has, like, you know, a, a decent face. And, like, if he had, like, you know, he should really just, like, he should get, like, a toupee or whatever. He would have looked a lot better his whole life. Well, but the irony is... Instead of, like, this, like, schlumpy Jew. In the 70s, when he had his actual Afro hair, he looked terrible. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess... He looks good with curly hair. Yeah. He does look... Maybe, like, as he's just aged, he's aged into, like, a better looking. Yeah, you, you know what he's aged into? $400 million. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that's it. That makes that's everybody look much better. That is true. It's true. It helps. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, so Harold and Ted, they're, like, really a thing now, and they're actually, like, in Hawaii together. Like, they're going together. Um, so, yeah, so we're still waiting for the food. The manager comes over and he's like, hey, sorry, guys. You know, I know it's been a really long wait. It's going to be a little bit longer. There's been a disturbance in the kitchen. Like, that's very quick into the episode that we got the title, right? Like, yeah. You know, usually that's like something that is like, uh, you know, mid to late. Uh, you find out what it is here. It's like, it's yeah, like but we have multiple disturbances in the kitchen to come. <laughs> yes. Um. But yeah, but right there, you're like, ah, episode title. Yeah. Uh, and Larry's like, well, what kind of disturbance? And the manager's like, oh, well, you know, it's a minor general disturbance, the type of disturbances that happen in kitchens from time to time. <laughs> and, you know, you know, it's like a mere hiccup. And Larry's like, oh, is it a hiccup or is it a disturbance? And he's like, well, it's like, you know, it's a, it's such a, a minor disturbance that it's like you may as well call it a hiccup. It's really just like a choice of words, you know, <sighs> this or that. And um, Larry's like, like, how did you get this job? And the manager's like, well, you know, I'm really good at dealing with disturbances like this. And, and Larry is confused because he says, you know, you come off as a total goofball. And he starts asking, like, oh, is there anything that you will answer at all? Like, what is the color of your tie? And the manager starts hemming and hawing the same thing. It's like, well, like first and foremost, I am wearing a tie. I will <laughs> yeah. what, what is this guy doing at this point? Like, <laughs> in the world of curb, people in the service industry prefer to argue with Larry David rather than like provide service and get good tips. Very strange. Yeah, I mean, like, I, mean this, I understand why. Be... Yeah, he has an incentive to hide the disturbance in the kitchen because you know that's the anonymity of the restaurant and their private business. But like the tie question is clearly at this point, he's like, no, I'm just here for fun. Yeah, um, I mean, this could just be one of those things where it's like you always have to keep in mind, like this isn't a scripted show, like and, yeah. you know, the guys like improving it's kind of like whatever they come up with. And like it doesn't it wasn't like in a writer's room where they like figured out like the best like one liner is back and forth for him to have to like yeah. kind of justify why. But I'm saying in his head here. as as the as the manager of this restaurant, his thought process is, no, I'm not giving this guy an answer to anything. Right. Yeah I, can't, yeah. I won't even tell him what color my tie is yeah. just to like be. Uh, no, it'll, it'll work yeah, out. So that's where LB's, it goes like a bit uh, favor to his benefit later on in the episode. Right. When it buys some time. Right. right. Police officer. A little bit of time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A little bit. It buys him time to come up with their own him. story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, OK. So, yeah. So Larry's like, this is ridiculous. And like heads off to the bathroom. Um, OK. That's where I wanted to get a clip now. Oh, yeah. So he's about to uh, pass the door to the kitchen. (laughs) 
Larry heading into the kitchen. Excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. The restroom's down the hallway. Are you the chef? Yes. Yes, I am. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I was sitting at my table, and the manager came over to us and said, food was going to be delayed because there was a disturbance in the kitchen? Oh, yes. I'm, I'm sorry about that, sir. There was a small disturbance in the kitchen, but if you go have a seat, we'll get your food right out to you. Yeah, no, I, thanks. That's okay. I mean, everything's fine. I, I was just wondering, um, you know, what the disturbance was. Regular kitchen disturbance. They happen all the time. Nothing to worry about. Did somebody drop pots and pans or something? Is that what happened? It's not that big of a deal, sir. It was in my disturbance that we have since taken care minor? of it was perfectly minor if it was minor then my food would not have been delayed a by slight delay minutes. a slight delay it was in your more food. than a slight delay sir tell the truth about the disturbance sir it wasn't minor it was major what is this an investigation this is a kitchen sir i'm just trying to get some food to some hungry people that's all i want to do and then i want to go home are you a married man yes <laughs> do, you have, do you have children <laughs> Yes. All right. So you're having a wonderful afternoon with the wife and kids. You go out to the post office to get the mail. You come back, you hear a big crash. You open the door, and your kids are sprawled out unconscious on the floor. You say to your wife, what happened? And she goes, oh, there was a disturbance. And you go, what was the disturbance? She goes, no, I don't want to tell you. How would you feel? I would want to know what the disturbance yes, was. That's exactly That's a right. very specific situation, sir. What the disturbance was just like me. There's no children here. You're acting like a child. You're the child who's keeping a little secret. Yes. You got a little secret. No, 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 no. I'm the parent. I'm the parent who has to worry about all the things. I got to worry about getting no. the food, preparing the food, and then no, giving it to you. No, little baby who won't tell daddy what happened. Please leave, sir. With pleasure. Okay, so All right. before we before we dig deep into the scene, what yeah, um, successful performance by Larry? Yeah, um, Steve Rand is see from the league. <laughs> yes, yes. And, so and, I think we and should... not from nine eleven. No, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't. Oh, you told me to look that up. I didn't have a chance to look that up. Oh, the, he um, he told some lie that he was working in the World Trade Center on nine eleven on the fifty fourth floor for Merrill Lynch. And that he ran out and like just barely escaping death is what inspired him to uh, pursue a, a stand-up comedy career. Uh-huh. And um, the it was debunked, and then he admitted he made it up. Among other things, Merrill Lynch did not have offices in the World Trade Center at the time, which seems like, like yeah, a that's basic like, thing. To yeah, basic due diligence. Life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just reading it right now on the, yeah. on the wiki. All right. You know, on 9 11 at the time, um, I was on the Jets, and we had a practice facility in the World Trade Center. So. That's how I escaped. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, I think I'll get away with that story. Yeah. Um, yeah. So interestingly, so obviously he's uh, he's most well known for for me from the league. I think yes. everyone would say that um, co-created yeah. by Jeff Schaefer, of course. Uh, yeah. Showrunner of Curb and a former guest. Of the yeah. Um, like there's a good, good amount of league curb crossover coming up in the next couple of seasons. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um and um yeah it's interesting so like this is like just about his last credit um he's a you know in a, a bunch of other like sitcom type shows over the years between the league and curb um, he's a new girl he's in something called outsourced you know uh something called love bites um so you're saying then, but where has he been for the last four years yeah he's in curb and then he was his last movie credit is, is in 2018. It's for something called Avengers of Justice Farce Wars. I'm guessing that that's like a voice role, but I'm not sure. Um, 
so yeah, like his like his uh, acting career kind of like ended abruptly in like 2017. Uh, I don't know is that when this controversy was revealed? No, it was revealed in 2015. So unrelated. Oh, okay, okay. So I don't know. Yeah, or maybe he just you know maybe he retired from acting. Who knows? People do all sorts of things. Maybe, maybe he was um, yeah. inspired by the election so, of uh, uh, so, Donald Trump to uh, go back sure. and work in finance again. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so um, what I think we should be doing for this episode, since it's, as you raised immediately to the episode's title, "Disturbance in the Kitchen," is to de- we have to determine ultimately to which disturbance in the kitchen does this uh, title refer. Uh, so so far, we are aware of two. We've seen one. The first one being the original disturbance in the kitchen that caused the delay in the delivery of the food. The second being Larry going to accost the chef in the kitchen. Oh, yes. So I think it's safe to say that number two is a bigger disturbance than whatever was number one. Well, I'm going to disagree here. Number one <laughs> oh, was a big enough disturbance to delay Larry and Jeff's meal and who knows how many other meals by at least 15 or 20 minutes. I mean, they right. said that they've been waiting there forever. Whereas this disturbance was right. only was... an interruption of about two or three minutes in total. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. All right. I, I guess I thought as this was just like much more of a disturbance as it was happening. Think of, think of it like early Game <laughs> of Thrones. The really big disturbance is um, Curb doesn't even have the capacity to film. It's too expensive. Mm-hmm. So that's why they can only speak of these great disturbances. <laughs> right, right. Yes. <laughs> such a, such a, God, God only knows what went on. Yeah. So All right. So then you're setting a really so then you're setting a really high bar for disturbance, disturbance number, number one. For unseen disturbance number one, for which there is no evidence. Yes. Other than it, it caused the delay. Yes. A delay which yeah. Larry considers quite and also <laughs> let us remember that the disturbance was severe enough that Larry considered appropriate to compare it when speaking to the chef to all the chef's children being knocked unconscious. <laughs> so, and Larry, of course, would not do something inappropriate, like exaggerate. So, um, yeah, that was just like one of the worst analogies I've ever heard. So it's not, it was a poor analogy. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you like? You're like so off base there. Yeah. There is the oh, yada this, yada, a little yada yada. Uh, reference you think here, a customer, you think a customer at a restaurant is entitled to the same amount of information <laughs> as a parent about their child's near death injury? Yeah, and, and you think that a delay of your meal of fifteen minutes is equivalent <laughs> to multiple children, not one child? Right, your whole family's dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kaiser says it. Uh, I don't want to spoil the usual suspects there for people who haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. <laughs> yeah. So we so, have two disturbances in the kitchen thus far. Yeah. So, okay. And so be, right. So I guess we'll then have to like just track second place because you're there. I don't think anything Larry does is going to be. All right. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see yeah. We'll see. We'll see. What you we'll have more disturbances. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of disturbances taking place in the kitchen. Yeah. This stuff, so. yeah. Well, mostly For just one reason. kitchen. This is the only restaurant in LA. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, they go back to dinner and Jeff is on the phone with Susie and telling Larry that, you know, Susie just told me that like her little sister from like the big sister, little sister foundation thingy, not her real sister. Um, and, you know, this whole mentorship group, like she didn't come home last night. And, you know, 
you know, what are we supposed to do? And Larry's like, you know, you know, let's get out of here. And like, and the the manager for the restaurant is like, hey, could I help you? He's like, you know, that whole, you know, this disturbance. We were just like too disturbed. It threw us for a loop. We have to leave. Like too disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> Now, this big sister, little sister program is is the little sister here for like a sleepover or is this like an adoption like situation? Are these like her new foster parents? Um, I don't think she's quite foster parents yet. I feel it's like maybe they they she stays like with them from time to time. Them? Yeah, okay. maybe she for like weekends here and there. Like now they, we know, of course, know. in season one that when they had an underprivileged uh, male visitor that Susie was very mad at Jeff for letting this boy sleep in their house. And she and, and Susie blamed Jeff for all of the boys uh, misdeeds. Right. So interesting here that all of a sudden Susie's OK with it. Now, Susie, uh, you know, as we say a lot in, in uh, season 11, Susie's become a, a real um, a real. Uh, what, what's the English translation for a, a Baltzadakis? A real charitable uh, woman, philanthropist. A real, yes, a, yes, a philanthropist, a very religious woman, close friends with the rabbi. So yeah, so now she's bringing in the poor into her house. So this is season season nine. Susie is a very different Susie than season one. Susie. Yeah, well, she's like an uh, she's an empty nester now. So like yeah. she's oh, is that, uh, yeah, she's, I gone. think so. She's like kind of having like uh, you know a midlife uh, mm. not crisis necessarily, but just like you know. Can now need to find something to like do with myself. To fill you know, the Sammy, like, uh, gap yeah, she was like very focused on Sammy and yeah. like all her various pursuits. Where where is Sammy and, now? She's off at college dating uh, soldiers. She yeah yeah she's uh she's uh she's getting married. Mm, yeah, not just yet. Not just yet. She's soon enough. Yes. All right. Um, next week, a week after, she it's coming up. Um. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So we head over to Jeff's house. Um. Where they pull in and like Jack Larry's like, oh, whose Tesla is this? And apparently this is Ted Danson's new red Tesla. Looking oh. good. Very nice. Larry can't believe it. it looks like the, uh, uh, the the Model X. Yeah. And uh, Susie's like filling in Cheryl and Ted about like the whole little sister thing. And, you know, telling them the whole story. They don't know where she is. And, you know, Jeff comes in, they give him a hug, and then, like, Larry follows, and Ted's like, oh, hi, nice to meet you, Ted Danson. Mm. And Larry's like, fuck you, it's me, asshole. He's like, oh, Larry, what the hell? He's like, yeah, well, like, you know, I'm in disguise, like, fuck, well. Yeah, great acting by Ted there. Crazy. And then Cheryl and Ted, like, kind of give a look to each other, and they're like, oh, my God, like, that was the guy that was following us in the hotel that day. And they're like, oh, my, like, were you, like, were you following us that day? And he's like, no, well, you know, I was like, I happened to be in the hotel and like, I saw you, but like, there's a whole thing. I had to get the pickle jar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Ted heads out and um, she's like, we, we just need here. reasons to keep forcing Cheryl into the story, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, oh, T, can you get me a lemon with that? Mm. And uh, Larry's like, what the hell is this? Like, you never gave me nicknames like, you, well, you know, you could have called me L. You called me D. You called me Elvid. Now, what the hell is Elvid? I was like looking it up online. There's no such thing. The only place this name exists is from this episode of Curb. Yeah, it's, it's like just like the letters of his name. L. Elvid, like his last, the last, it's like the so, it's like so first. In, it'd be like calling you like a ski or me. Yeah. It's like a weird, like the last letters. Are, like, well, it's, it doesn't it's work. The first letters of your, it's like a Dave, you know, like a rod. It doesn't, 
it doesn't work at all with our letters with his at least it's like something whether yeah. you think it but, sounds yeah, cool or saying, not it's, it's never been done before because there's no elephants on the internet but <laughs> try to be enough. the first yeah um i do love i when, think i when, think when, i think elvin could work okay uh, i do love though when when <laughs> When Susie's talking up the little sister, she says, "You think Sammy was talented at her age?" And Larry's like, "No, I don't. No, no. actually, I didn't." <laughs> yeah, it's great. Larry never misses an opportunity to trash uh, Susie's daughter to her face. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Susie's like wants to form a search party, and Larry's like, "What is this, Tulsa, Oklahoma, eighteen seventy? Um, I don't, I couldn't even tell if that's like a specific reference or just like general, like the old west. Yeah, I don't know. He could have said nineteen nineteen and, and taught us about Black Wall Street years before uh, another HBO show would do so. Yeah, that's true. He could have been ahead of the curve there and said he left it to um, what was it called? I can't remember. Oh, I forgot. Watch, the show. Watchmen. That's, that's Watchmen. I just Watchmen. The way I did. Yeah. Watchmen. Watchmen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So Larry asks uh, Ted if he can uh, drive the car, take it for a test drive. And Ted you know, says, sure. <laughs> and Larry's like, thanks, T. <laughs> uh, so he heads out, he takes the car, and he's driving Ted's Tesla, and he stops behind a police car, and the light turns green. And the cop's not moving. And like Larry's stuck. And, you know, he waits like five seconds, 10 seconds. And like, he's not going. So finally, like Larry honks the horn and the cop, like all of a sudden, like comes storming out of his car. Um, it's coach, right? David Wayne's junior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he like comes up to Larry and he's like, what the hell are you doing? Honking your horn at me like that. Yeah. Now there are places like in New York City, especially where there's signs that say no honking horn and you can get like a ticket. But this is yes. not one of those places. And it, it's yeah. clear, like, what is he getting the ticket for? Like, even when he goes to court, he will say to like the, the cop says, uh, I mean, the judge says, oh, you, you're in court for having honked a police officer. But there's no statute like against that. Like, what is <laughs> happening here? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know the rules. And usually uh, the law is so accurately depicted in curb. So. <laughs> right yeah. uh well last the last one they the the fence they just pulled directly from the santa monica code <laughs> yeah for That's the statute the law. For, for, the, the for, law. For, for the applicability of it and it's retroactive and wow. everything else yes yeah sure sure, sure. Yeah. but but yeah but damon wayne's jr as the police officer it seems like he's like trying out to be like a, a comedian um, yeah, I hear and that. I've never right. seen a cop. That t- it almost reminded me of uh, of Chris O'Dowd's character in Bridesmaids. Right. Like, this is not how com- like, first of all, he says to Larry, he says, you getting smart with me, boy, which I guess like he's the <laughs> cop making like a reverse racism joke. Like, I don't know. I, I don't see a lot of cops uh, sort of joshing around like this. Oh, so you're pro police. I see. No, <laughs> I'm making no commentary. I'm just saying uh, this is very unusual cop behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. He's not, he's not one of the good cops. Mm. Some say that all are. Uh... So yeah. So Larry. Um... <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, starting to start to argue with the cop. He's like, you know, like you were taking too long of a time, and the cop's like, well, I was doing police business, oh. and. You know, well, that, that maybe that wasn't the best time to be doing police business while you're like sitting at a red light, which is, yeah. you know, true. Yes, Larry's completely um, right. Do you, do you ever remember seeing there was an episode or a segment on The Daily Show 
um, that it was like a Stephen Colbert uh, uh, produced segment when he was still on The Daily Show about this guy somewhere in New England who his big shtick is he drives around town and every time he sees a police officer, he flips them off and like screams F fuck you at them out the window. No, that's and he, a very stupid thing. To and do. he would film himself doing it to make the point that you're allowed to do this, which, yes, of course, you're allowed to do it. But, you know, <laughs> it doesn't make it a very wise thing to do, neither to a cop nor to anyone. Frankly, that's not really a good uh, life strategy, I would say. But um, so it was just um, I just remember uh, Colbert doing this whole sketch, uh, this whole segment about him. And it, it's sort of similar here where where this cop's attitude is that the honking is, is that equivalent. Like, how dare you do this? Except it's not not even it, in uh, in real life and in the Daily Show, it was technically allowed, if not wise. Here, it's actually technically not allowed. You can get a ticket for doing so, apparently. Oh, all right. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I thought of when we see uh, this conflict here. Yep. So, um, you know, Larry's like, you know, trying to like downplay it. He's like, you know, I'm driving my friend's car. I'm like, I'm not acclimated to the, like to the horn yet. Like I may have like over pushed it. Uh, which is like a perfectly reasonable thing. Like that, that is a thing. Like horns are different in different cars. I mean, this one seems like a little bit aggressive, but like, you know, we've all been there where it's like the horn, you're like, whoa, that's a loud horn. Yeah. The, the irony uh, is the Tesla, in my experience, is literally the only car for which this would not be a problem. Like, like, like Ted will later claim like a beep's a beep. And he's like, oh, beep's a beep. Like, and Tesla beep is not a beep. You can choose from a variety of sounds that you can make your beep beep. So your oh, beep really? beep. So yeah, you have like like twelve different options. It's almost like ringtones on like a right. Nokia cool. phone, circa like nineteen you know ninety nine or whatever. Can you choose like all well, your own ringtones from like iTunes? Yeah, no, I think you can download it up or upload anything you want. Cool. Um, except every time you honk the horn, it'll happen, and then you know uh, you'll get looks at people from people, I guess. But yeah, so it is it is ironic that the Ted will claim a beep's a beep. But here, uh, Ted really only has himself to blame because he ch- could have chosen a more subtle uh, beep sound on his car. Yeah, well, he you know he probably didn't realize that that was an option. Yeah, unless or maybe it perhaps wasn't, it wasn't available that. on the yeah. 2019 Tesla. This episode comes out. Elon Musk holds an emergency meeting. Guys, we have to make sure that a beep is not necessarily a beep because we That's don't right. want to. Yeah. Maybe this right. you, should, it. Yeah. you should look into the evolution of the Tesla and figure out what at what model that yes. feature came in. Yes. And then when, when whether uh, Elon Musk is a curb watcher. Yeah. Um, Larry's just like stunned that he's getting a ticket and he's like, yo, so you think you're above the beep? And the cop tells him he's protecting his rights. Larry tells him he's got a right to beep. And the cop's like, sure, but I have a right to write you a ticket. And Larry asks him, tells him, you know, well, Indel, you're going to have to enjoy your day in court because obviously I'll be protesting this ticket and I'll be seeing you there. And the officer walks away from his car as Larry shouts, no one's above the beep. No one's above the beep. All right. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm reading, Uh, I'm reading, I'm reading about the uh, product placement of the Tesla on curb. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So Tesla. Anything interesting? Yeah. No, Tesla provided the vehicle. And it was product placement. Yes, but it doesn't say <laughs> beyond that. It's not exactly clear uh, what the order of the beeping. And anyway. All right. So it didn't say whether or not this uh, episode no. inspired. The yes, next my, my, model my, my theory remains unproven. <laughs> all right. Much, so it's m- much like evolution in the Holocaust, you know, all, the, all these other theories that are. Out there. So it's like 50 50. Yeah, that you're right. Okay, so back to Larry's house and uh, Larry's sitting with Leon and Larry's like really annoyed that like no one's coming over Mm. and no one's even like answering his texts anymore. 
Now, who do you think was in this poker game? We've seen a poker game with like Phil Rosenthal and others in an earlier season. Yeah. um, I mean, I feel like Funkhauser would be in this group, right? So Funkhauser's abandoned him in his time of need because we just saw him last week. He was visiting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. We don't. Yeah, we don't really know this supposed friends group of Larry. Yeah. Are you suggesting that this is like a he's like pretending that he even has this like I have no, I mean, I, I don't think it sounds. It looks like they're ready for someone to show up, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. That'll be our no, first no, question for Larry David. <laughs> who was supposed to be, have... who did you invite to that poker game? <laughs> um, who, yeah. Who were we going to meet? That I could see, cool. I could see like Richard a... Lewis. No showing. Yeah, but he saw it. We, he already met up with him once in the skies. Yeah, but he, but he might not come to Larry's house. Right. Um, yeah, I know I hear it. It's like, let them live their life, but like, also, like, you don't need to like go into a fatwa, yeah, <laughs> don't get in the line. Of the so you're fatwa. not seeking out a fatwa house, <laughs> yeah. Do you think, uh, do you think that when you're uh shopping for a house, a real estate broker should be legally required to tell you <laughs> if a house was previously under a fatwa, <laughs> right? Because, like, the not all of the potential carry outers of the thought well no that we have yeah. updated the record well the way like right there there's 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 case law about whether you have to warn if your house is haunted by ghosts right i hope not yeah oh, did you not read that case in law school i it sounds familiar i don't remember yeah, yeah I, I don't remember the outcome neither do i but there was a famous case from the 70s where um it was alleged that this was pertinent information that the broker should have uh, disclosed to the buyers and um I would feel like a fatwa is more people probably believe in fatwas than ghosts. Although I could be wrong about that, actually. I mean, a fatwa is much worse than haunted by ghosts because ghosts aren't real. Well, a fatwa I, potentially is. Well, I mean, I would agree with you on that, but there's <laughs> there's those who disagree. Yeah, well, the percentage of Americans who believe in ghosts and, and angels and, and whatnot is is quite high. Well, my, I, my house, the, by the way, is allegedly. The number, I think the number of people who would say in a poll that they believe in ghosts is different from the number of people who would be more scared of ghosts than of an actual fatwa <laughs> issued like against the, I'm the previous resident of the home. Yes. No, I agree with you. Like um, most people. Hold on. Like, okay. But, but that's does, actually really so scary. You're saying ghosts, uh, fatwa, so you're saying a fatwa runs with the land. So do you think there was a memorandum of fatwa that, <laughs> that the Ayatollah recorded in 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 where, where does he live again what town we just learned he was running for mayor in season 11 in santa monica in, in the santa monica town records that recorded against title is a memorandum of fatwa by the ayatollah saying that the resident of this house will be under fatwa no it might not larry say the resident that is not the resident of the house it might say larry david who resides at whatever yeah. and then mm. you know interesting you These could just uh, end up in the wrong place at the wrong time yes yes um have I said this on a podcast before that my house allegedly in my neighborhood uh, is reportedly to have been a, had had two ghosts? <laughs> oh, really? So my house is very old. It's from 1870. And apparently there's there was a rumor in the neighborhood that we were told that it was that there were two ghosts who lived there who were housekeepers, allegedly. And when uh, when when no one's around, they go and clean up. And I can tell you that I have never seen them, unfortunately. Oh, really? I'm surprised. Yeah, they sound like the best, <laughs> but they sound like the best kind of ghosts. Um, and then my wife doing research found out the, the source for this is that in some year when they did the census in 1880 or 1890 or whatever, there was a family and two uh, servants living in the house. And then at the next census, the family was living there, but not the servants. And so she thinks that's where the rumor came from. 
So like the family killed them or something. I don't know. Oh, I believe that the family killed them. I don't yeah. believe that oh. they now are ghosts that live yes. in the house. Well, it's also possible that, you know, in the intervening 10 years that they moved. I'm sure the family else. killed them. Oh. That's clearly what happened. <laughs> yes, of course. Yes. Uh, if they had anything like if they're anything like the Kurt residents, obviously, yes. Mm. We have a, a graveyard of babysitters in our backyard. All right. Any, anyhow, my wife hears me. I'm going to get yelled at. So. All right. Um. So, yeah, so Leon's like, that's fucked up. You know, and Larry says, you know, I'm finally seeing, you know, who are my real friends? Everyone's showing their true colors. And Leon now, hold on. Him, At a previous poker game, Larry had explicitly told his friends that if I'm sick, I want you all to abandon me immediately. Don't stay my friends. Remember? Yeah, well, of course, he was never going to hold hold them to that when it was him. But, but isn't so. But isn't this somewhat similar? Like cancer? Yeah. Hot, well, same thing. Yeah. But hot, like, well, there's more reason to stay away than cancer. Right. It's actually dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, but obviously, even if it was cancer also, like he would be furious if everybody ignored them. Ignored yes. Him. Like, even though he had previously he told would, them to add a poker game. Of course. Us. Yes. If it was when it, if it was him, if he was the one with cancer, then he would insist that, like, no, you're, you still should. Yes. Um, and Leon's like colors. They have no color. They're all white. And mm. Larry's like, you know what? You're right. I should have more black friends like baby Swan over there. Mm. And Leon tells Larry the story about this time that he saw Swan turn a motherfucker <laughs> into a human wallet. Yeah. Now, isn't that uh, what Leon said that, that the uh, the fatwa seekers were going to do to Larry? <laughs> um, I don't recall if that was the exact turn of phrase. Cut the hands off, put him in the back pockets. Put the, yeah, the, uh, something like that. Hold him up like, like a human wallet. I, I don't know. Yeah, anyway. could be. Could be. Um. Maybe SWAT is working from the inside on the fatwa. Yeah, and the reason um, the reason that he did this to this guy is because the guy spoke under his breath. Mm, yes. <laughs> Larry crime. should never, ever, ever do that in front of SWAT. If it's that serious, I feel like Leon should have warned him about this the day he walked in. <laughs> yeah, this should be like the first yeah. thing you tell people yeah. about him. This enormous <laughs> man will protect you, but do not mumble. He will murder you yeah. if you do this very minor offense towards mm. him. Uh, Larry's like, oh, that's very annoying because I really like the mumble. And then he wants to know if Leon has seen his Doctor Strange love sunglasses. You know, he really loves them. He can't find them. And they both hear the sounds of like pots, like just like clambering and like banging into each other in the kitchen. And they ask what what's going on? There's a disturbance in the kitchen. Number three. This is, yeah, th this is not a very big disturbance. Yeah, this is a minor disturbance. <laughs> uh, Swass says, uh, says actually there's no disturbance at all. So no, no disturbance yeah. at all. I'm merely making chicken spaghetti. Now, now chicken. Uh, have you heard of chicken spaghetti using that? I, I only know of chicken spaghetti from Chickalini's. OK, there's like chicken Parmesan. I mean, there's like chickens that are made with spaghetti. I've just never heard or with pasta, I should say, but I've never yeah, heard of. Yeah, yeah. I, the only other place I know from is is, is Chickalini's from uh, it's from I think you should leave. Hmm. It's a dish that they have in that in that sketch. Oh, from that. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I need to go. Real oh. So okay. so I don't know if it's a real thing. Is that what is it? I mean? It probably okay. is. I mean, it's probably chicken with spaghetti. Hmm. Like I wonder if I wonder if SWAT also makes a good uh, sloppy steak. Um, yeah, I think you should yeah. leave. Yeah, yeah, right. Swat can make one of those. Yeah, um, yeah, we both used to be pieces of shit. Yeah, but 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 Swat looks like a great guy. He uh, you know, he cooks, he protects. Yeah, he has, he has this one pretty big flaw. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Larry tells him, you know, you have to go talk to him. He's making disturbance. 
and um, he starts mumbling to Leon about how, like, you know, Spot, and he's and Spot just gets furious. He's like, "What the <laughs> fuck did you do? What, what are you saying?" Yeah. And Leon, um, Larry's like, "No, me and Leon are just like we're playing war." Which is yeah. like, what adults are playing war? Yeah. Have you have you you seen war at casinos, right? Yeah, it's very dumb because there's not even war, which is the entire point of the game. Right. Like you, you what, both, what happens? You, you flip a card. The dealer flips a card. If the dealer's card is higher, he wins. If your card is higher, you win. And if they're tied, the house wins. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So you have a one in 13 chance or whatever it is of just losing straight up without even having okay. a war, in which case, like, why is this game called war? Just so they just basically they win more than half the time. So they just win. Yes. I mean, the people who are stupid enough to be playing war. I I mean, you could say the people are stupid enough to be playing anything in a casino. True, but I think that the odds of war from the the way it's just been described are much lower than, you know, most other games. I'm sure there's dumber ones, but yeah. Maybe. Or it's just more obvious. Yeah. So it's much more efficient. Why wait for two cards to come out? You can lose with one card. Yeah, yeah, I, I would suspect people won't get the same rush from playing war. Yeah, well, there's High a reason it's, roar. you see it at many more limited tables than. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No one wants to play war for like a thousand dollars a hand. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be wild. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Larry's just like he's like sick of this. Uh, people are catch we are canceling the plans on Saturday now. And he tells Leon, I can't live like this anymore. And there's only one person that could help me. Mm. And we're going to go with Larry. And big drama's built as we approach a beautiful gated home somewhere in Los Angeles. Sorry, who could live sorry. there? And what was your guess as it's coming up? Well, this yeah. time I knew. Yeah, yeah. But do you, and you can't go into your mind of where you were uh, in season nine. No, there's. Yeah, I never okay. really know. All right. All right. So. Here we are at the home of Mr. Salomon Rusty. And if you'd follow me. Although we don't know that at this exact moment. Yeah, true. This way. It's quite a home, though. Mr. David is here now, sir. Oh, Mr. David. Come in, please have a seat. Thank you. Thank you for seeing me, Mr. Rusty. No, call me Salmon. It's not salmon, salmon, salmon. There's an accent on the sal bass, so. right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> now, tell me why you're here. Oh, well, I'm sure you uh, you've heard about yeah, uh, I heard about your problem. And uh, I thought well, if there's anybody who could understand what I'm going through, it's you. And to tell you the truth, I'm I'm at my wit's end. Let me tell you something. It took me a long time. It took me maybe several years. To get to the point that I'm going to talk to you about now, I want to give you a shortcut, which is that, yeah, it is all those things. It can be scary. It can be bewildering, etc. But there are things that you gain. There are a lot of women who are attracted to you in this condition. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think there was any condition that they did. You are a dangerous man. There are very beautiful women who like that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Even with me, they would like it? It's not exactly you. It's the fatwa wrapped around you like kind of sexy pixie dust. Huh. But you have to stop acting like a wuss. 
I mean, look at you. You look like a person trying to hide. That's exactly right. That is not sexy. Be a man, stop this, and fatwa sex will follow. Fatwa sex? The best sex there is. Wow. Yes. What about the fatwa itself? I don't... You know, you've survived many, many years now. Well, it's, you know, it's there. Yeah? But fuck it. <laughs> mm, yeah, the fuck it philosophy. It's a tough one. I've tried it with orthotics. It, it didn't really work very well. No, no, you're, you're being pathetic. Let me, let me help you. What? There. Now, look. There you are. You're a man of danger. The fatwa sex is beginning to circle around you. So be a man now. Let's go out. Get a bite to eat. Trust me. <laughs> looks, looks like, like Birdie there. Let's eat! Oh, yeah? I thought that's, he, looks, I thought he looks like Birdie there. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, yeah. let's just pause there before we... Uh, we're going we're we're to continue with them for lunch as well, but... Okay, so uh, Sam, Salman Rushdie, his only takeaway from having a fat walk against him was <laughs> it was a great way to get girls. Well, he'll have a second one. We'll get to it at lunch. Yeah. But now he also that's says, the main one. He says fatwa sex is the best sex there is. Jerry had said the only sex better than makeup sex is conjugal visit sex. Oh, which is better, conjugal visit sex or fatwa sex? Conjugal I mean, I think fatwa sex sounds pretty great. Because it can be interrupted at any moment by you being uh, killed, basically. Oh, I don't think it's that. It's uh, it's just that, like, I don't know. I think you're getting a uh, it's that you're getting these like girls that are out of your league, right? Like, that's the that's. The, but I think the particular reason the is because here. it's the rush for them that they think at any moment mid coitus, uh, they might be apprehended, which actually happened several times in the last episode. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, yeah. OK, so whatever. Fine. Like, I'll take my chances. Yeah. I'll take both. I'll take it. Like I'm a, if I'm under fatwa anyway, like, yeah. what's the difference? As, as George said, conjugal visit sex. Yeah, that's happening. And then it did. So you never know. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. The conjugal visit sex is just going to be limited to the one person who is currently, like, you know, prison inmate. So, yeah. you know, not necessarily the best of the best. Yeah. Now, I also, you know, Larry is sort of shocked by this concept, which George learned many years ago. Right. That uh, women are uh, attracted to the bad boy. Yeah. The fatwa boy. As it were. Love the bad boys. Mm, yes. All right, so should we go back to lunch now? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Let's get some lunch. Mr. Rushdie. Hello, Mr. David. Back at the same restaurant, of course. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, my God, it's him. Every woman at this uh, restaurant is in the good looking. Everyone knows about the fatwa. It's the number one news in all of LA. server will be right with you guys thank you sure okay so you see it's not so bad yeah i'm i'm in a restaurant uh, having having lunch you're not behind some stupid mask you can go to a supermarket go to a ball game you can be a person you know what i'm feeling a lot better about things now tell me something this musical it's about me right yes so i mean i'm interested who, who, who have you got playing me? Oh, well, of, of course, now, because of this whole fatwa thing, it's probably not going to happen. But uh, the, the guy I had in mind was actually um, Jason Alexander. You mean like George Jason Alexander? No, you know, that was just a character that he played. Jay, you know. There's no remote resemblance. <laughs> I mean, he's short. He's a lot shorter than me. He's not a lot shorter? Why? He's not that much shorter. Inches. Mm. Well, who are you thinking about? I'm thinking about, you know, Hugh Jackman. 
That's good. <laughs> Jackman. Yeah, I mean, he's like Are you out of your fucking mind? He can sing, he can dance, he can act. Yeah. He could totally play me. I, I think you're delusional. Anyway, it's all moot. What's the difference? You know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> all right, well, that's a relief. It's too bad, too, because what you said about fatwa sex? Yes. Oh, my God. I, I want to put that right in the show. That is so perfect. But that is not the only benefit. For example, you don't have to go to anything you don't want to go to. Mm. So, like, your cousin is giving a reading of his lousy poetry book. Kind of like Tripping Shack. You say, sorry, can't make it. <laughs> Fatwa. Right. Fatwa. Somebody calls you says, can you come pick me up at the airport? You say, can't make it. Fatwa, can't make it. This is a Fatwa life of Riley. <laughs> yeah, without a death threat. With the death threats, yeah. <laughs> you know what's happening? I'm feeling uh, pretty good. Pretty, All right, so right there we have our one number uh, pretty, pretty good. Is that for us? Yeah, well, before we get to that, he, he yeah. says that Jason Alexander is much shorter than him. So I went to the expert. I asked Jared Jerome. Oh, excellent. He says, he says, Jason Alexander claimed 5'8", then corrected to 5'7", when Jerry glared at him when he was wearing his new Tims and claimed they gave him two inches. So five five, he is admitting to close enough as his roundup height, but really he's five foot four and a half, five foot four and a half for Jason Alexander. Uh huh. So, and then I asked him how tall Salman Rushdie is, and he said, "How should I know?" And I said, "Well, what do you mean? How should you know? Because he's on the other side. How do you know any of these things?" <laughs> well, he see he's seen Jason Alexander hundreds of times. Yeah. Um. So he did not tell me, but uh, Jason Alexander, uh, uh, Salman Rushdie is is much taller than five four and a half. He claims. Now this is. Pretty, pretty. We only get two pretties here out of Larry. His feelings. Well, so, so, so this is something that was raised in the uh, the WhatsApp group. Okay. Uh, this past week or the week before, I believe. I forgot who was involved. I think maybe Jim was one of the people who had something to say on this. But I don't remember. Um, and basically, when we kind of have this like intro pretty, what we should what should it count as? And the uh, the opinions range from zero to one pretties. No, you can't um, include that pretty because he usually does that. He usually revs up with a one pretty. This is pretty good. Pretty, pretty. like he, he he doesn't go straight to the four pretties in most of the previous applications. Yeah, um, and we can go. I'm not sure. have to pull all the all the all the. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to do that. Right we're, gonna, we're gonna. Well, you know, we're not gonna do that now. Yeah, uh, but we'll have to do that at some point. Yeah. So no, um, I don't think that counts. So this is only two pretties, which is tied for the few. We had two pretties uh, thrice previously. In the smoking jacket in season five, and in Meet the Blacks and the Freak Book in season six. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I'll, but I would I would argue that it should count for something. Like it should be like a two and a half or two with an asterisk or something well, to but, signify that it does have that additional pretty. That some other pretties are just pretty pretty good, and this is has this kind of like pretty 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 good, pretty pretty good. Well, again, my my, my proposal is that they all have that, but we'll have to go back and check. I don't think that, I don't think so. I don't think they all do. I'm sure all some right. do. I'm sure it's not the only one that does. Uh, all right. Well, we actually no we, have, they all do. we have not only the name of the episode where each previous one occurs, but the timestamp. There you go. So, so we will be able to go back and check and we'll do that. Later. We're we not going to do that. that. Yeah. So we'll we're not even adding that in. We'll, uh, we'll mention it at some point. Maybe we'll mention it in the chat. Fine. Yeah. OK. Um, I mean, do you, I could go and put them in? But that seems like a lot of work. No, no, no. Don't do, don't do that for this episode. Yeah. Okay, good. No we'll, do another. we'll do it another time. Yeah. But I would say anyways, two pretties or two and a half, if you want to call it that. Not enough pretties for how good you should feel about the status of your fatwa, having just been introduced to not only fatwa sex, but the fatwa life of Riley excuse to get out of uh, social activities you don't want to go to. 
Like right now, yeah. Fatma seems like Larry's, you know, uh, in a, the death threats, of course. But other than that, like the best possible scenario for him. Yeah. Although now, like COVID has completely erased that. It's like you could just ever you could just say anything you get out of just by saying COVID now. Yeah. Mm. So, like, you don't need to have the other Fatma. You just need to be under under threat of COVID. Yeah. COVID uh, sex, not as good as Fatma sex, though. Yeah, I wouldn't think. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So. Um, if a waiter comes over uh, with a drink, which is uh, has been sent over from the other table at which Elizabeth Banks and her friend are sitting. Mm. So Larry goes over to uh, Elizabeth Banks's table and you know starts talking to her and her friends, and you know they like uh, they clink glasses, and you know he warns them, you know I might be dangerous, and they're like, oh my god, is that Salman Rushdie that you're eating with? And he's like, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, we're the two of us. We're hanging out. We're the Fatwa boys. <laughs> and, and Elizabeth Banks is like, I can't believe it. Like, you're not afraid to just like be out and about. And Larry's like, what am I going to do? Like, go hide with like some like fake mustache <laughs> and fake glasses. <laughs> like, I'm going to like, you know, I decided I have to like face the world head on. Like, I just have to live my life. And, you know, as, as they're talking, the restaurant manager comes on in and tells them, you know, I'm just really sorry, but, you know, your food's going to be a little bit delayed. There's Ooh. been a disturbance in the kitchen. Number four. Number four. Um, so now, OK, so I guess you have to be the arbiter between number one and number four, which we only know. We, we don't know anything about other than they cause delays of food. Well, so the uh, manager is clearly conditioned to give the same non-answer bullshit Mishigasi gave last time. But this time, instead of dealing with Larry Davies, dealing with two women who don't really care because they're more focused on having sex with the Fatma boy. <laughs> right. And so it, it, it's a, Larry's sort of frustrated because he wants to, uh, you know, put the focus on the manager. <laughs> and yeah, and and like, Larry, take us for an answer. Like, Elizabeth Banks wants to sleep with you. Like, who cares? But uh, she is... Uh, she, she's delightful and insane this entire episode, but also very, yeah. very thirsty. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, she wants to know everything there is to know about Larry David. Mm, yes. um, so, yeah. So uh, Rushdie heads out, like uh, gives, a, you know, a wave to Larry, who, you know, toasts a glass to him. And uh, they all there, toast there is to the, the friend and Rushdie also is eligible for fatwa sex. So I'm not sure why. Yeah, I don't know why he walks off. He's, he's had 30 years of fatwa sex. So he's done. <laughs> Yeah, he has, he doesn't need to have sex with Elizabeth Banks's friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Elizabeth okay, Banks, so. of course, in real life, famously married to her college sweetheart. Oh yeah. Yeah, Good they both they went to uh, our alma mater together, University of Pennsylvania. Very cool. Yeah. But, uh, um, not incurred. By the way, does does Russia give you uh, Vinman vibes a little bit? Um, I guess they they have like a similar like speaking patter. Yeah, a similar sort of build. Yeah, maybe sort of. I mean, their faces are different. Yeah, similar shapes. I guess I hear that. Yeah, that's not crazy. Yeah. Um, Vinman has a fatwa against of against him by you know, eighty million crazy uh, mega people. But. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I don't think people are under orders to kill him. Yeah, I mean, there's a few crazies. Probably not eighty million. Um, anyway, so uh, we're at Jeff's house and Larry's telling Jeff about, you know, the whole thing with Salman Rushdie and what he yeah. taught him. And, and I absolutely love Jeff's eyes as Larry describes his night with Elizabeth Banks. Like this horn dog is so incredibly jealous. It's just it's, it's delightful. <laughs> 
Jeff, Jeff so wishes all of a sudden that he was under the same fatwa threat that the FBI right? told him he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Jeff works so hard for it. Yeah. And like this guy just like accidentally gets put under fatwa and, it's, yeah. and it leads to sex with celebrities. Yeah. yeah a billion people uh, want to kill you, but sex with celebrities, it's worth it. Yeah. Um, so uh, Susie comes in and she's like, oh, like you're like, you finally decided to come out. She jokes that she liked the other look better, which we do, too. So no joke. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he tells her that, you know, I happened to have met Elizabeth Banks last night and she said the drink to my table and we're going out. Um, and he kind of gives another like pretty good here. Did you did you catch that? Yeah, it doesn't count. It, something like what is one pretty good? No, we've had this before and we've discussed it. One pretty is, is not, it's just how right. a normal person talks. Multiple well, pretties th- is what makes it the uh, catchphrase. So I, but I think he does a little bit of the cadence here. Here, let's, let me, I have it. Let's just quickly listen. And said, come on, we're going out to lunch. Unbelievable. Welcome, welcome look back. Look at you. You're yeah. back to normal. Yes. I like the other look better. Oh, you know what? She's better every day. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that's see, a person saying pretty good. I know, but it has that little pretty good. Yeah, but again, like it can't count. Every time somebody says pretty good, it can't count for the chart. They have to repeat pretty. Okay, so there's could never be one pretty. Yes, exactly. The minimum okay. is one. Well, there could be if he says pretty good and then he pauses and says pretty good. <laughs> again, because you need the introductory pretty to let us know you're doing the pretties. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, I would count that. Okay. All right. All right. You're uh, if you have as long as you have a system, yeah. <laughs> your ruling, your ruling is harsh, but fair. Yes. So, yeah, Susie calls bullshit on it. She doesn't believe this all Elizabeth Banks story. And Larry's like, OK, well, I saw her last night and um, Susie tells him she's not interested in him. And uh, Larry's tells her, you don't know, you don't understand. She's swooning because of date because of how dangerous I am. That's what's so attractive. And Susie's like, what the hell? What are you doing here anyway? And Larry tells him, tells her that he's looking for his Dr. Strange love glasses, which he really loves and he can't find anywhere. And she's like, do you mind? Is that a problem? And she's like, of course I mind. I'm looking for a little girl. And Larry's like, well, like, you know, you can like kind of do both. Like when you're outside, like in the, like the trees and the bushes on the highways, <laughs> like you look for Katie. Um, but like when you're around the house, like, you know, Katie's probably not in the house at this point. Uh, so you can look for like my sunglasses then. Um, kind of like, you know, this, like, you know, with uh, Jeff's Cubs hat, like you're not looking for it, but like, you know, you're always keeping an eye out. If you happen to come across it, you're going to grab it and be like, Hey, I found your Cubs hat. Yeah. Very, so, very fair know. by Larry. <laughs> yeah. Very fair. Very fair. Especially we'll uh, discover no. that the Cubs hat is <laughs> Barely hidden out of sight. In fact, it seems impossible <laughs> to have driven up to the house and not seen it. Right, but it's very dangerous to retrieve it. Yeah, well, you have to climb a ladder. Yes, three step ladder. Um, but Larry's Susie not goes, of danger. Susie goes crazy. She's like, you know, I have candy on my mind. Um, and Larry's like, well, like you know, you could keep the sunglasses in the back of your mind. <laughs> like that's where, like, I have Katie. <laughs> In the back of my mind, because I have my sunglasses in the front. Of my I love him. He's just he's so like you for no the reason. Yeah, yeah. So, so I could you can do the opposite. And Susie's like, "Are you what? Are you, what are you? Some sicko? Yeah, your minds like Katie should be in the front of your minds." 
And he's like, fine, like I'll make yeah, a special dispensation for yeah. Davy. Like <laughs> she'll be moved to the front of my mind together, shared with my sunglasses. Uh, but Jeff's like, well, what about my cup stack? He's like, sorry, I only have room. I, I have no more of room in the front of my mind for your cup hat. Your cup hat will have to be in the, uh, the second tier. No, he, he no, he says to Jeff, no, you're right. Your cup hat comes to the front with my glasses and Katie goes to second tier. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he immediately, Jeff immediately screws over uh, Susie and gets the cup hat put back to the front row. Oh, wow. Listen, okay. Jeff is the closer friend here than Susie. All right. Hey, if you yeah. say so. Good job. I, I, missed, uh, I guess I missed that. You seem very confident. Uh, I mean, you can watch it if you want. You want to play the clip? I mean, I, be- I believe you. I don't doubt you. But I guess let, let me uh, may as well yeah. have it right here. I'm dangerous, Susie. Yeah. What the hell are you doing here anyway? I think I might have left my sunglasses here. You know, the Dr. Strangler glasses. Yeah, would, would you mind looking for him? Yeah, I would mind looking for May him. May as well listen to this also. I'm busy looking for a little okay. girl. Okay, right. sure. Well, good, right? when you're outside, yeah. you look for Katie. And when you're inside, you look for those sunglasses. <laughs> you can do both. It's like Jeff's Cups hat. Have you found your Cups hat? No, I have not. I'm sure if you ran across Jeff's Cups hat, you would call it his attention. Same thing with the sunglasses. Uh, uh, That's all I'm Susie, asking, Susie. I don't give a shit That's about all. Jeff's Cups hat, about your Dr. Strangelove glasses. I care about this kid. My little sister. Just keep it in the back of your mind. Look, I've got Katie in the back of my mind. I've got the sunglasses up front. <laughs> Katie's in the back. That's but so always wrong, in the Larry. Back. Katie should be in the front for both of you. She's not an inanimate object. Okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to move Katie all the way up to the front. I'm going to give her equal footing with the sunglasses, both in the front of my mind. Where's my Cubs hat in this scenario? I can't handle three in the front. It's too much. It's overload. I'll move Katie back two paces. I'm going to move your Cubs hat to the front. You're right. That works perfect. You two have no compassion. Are you right? Have yeah. no caring great. about great job a human job. being. There's some partial truth to that. Yeah. It's an illness for sure. <laughs> I don't know why I have it, but I, I definitely do. Maybe that's her. It's not her. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was yeah, That was worth playing. That's an awesome scene. Yeah. Great job by Jeff. Yeah, it's better to see it than to have me recite it. Well, why don't we just watch the whole episode? <laughs> we should do that. We should do that once. <laughs> why don't you just tell me the whole episode? Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah. So Ted comes in. Yeah. And um, she's like, he's like, by the way, um, Ted, that car of yours got me a ticket. Yeah. And he's like. He's like, what do you mean? Like, and he tells him the whole story. How you know he he honked at the at the cop, and he got a ticket for honking. And he's like, that's like, oh, so what does that have to do with me? Why is that my fault? Like, you're the one who honked him. He's like, well, it's because your car is like has like a crazy horn. Like, it it's like it beeps above the limit, and like you know, it doesn't have the ability to you know hit the subtle notes required in the art of beeping. Mm-hmm. And Ted, as I said before, incorrectly says a beeps a beep. Yeah, beeps a beep. He's not having it. And and Larry's like, all right, you know, we'll see. I predict that that car is going to get you into a lot of trouble. Um, and he's like, anyways, oh, so how much was the ticket? He's like, $275. He's like, oh, not so bad. Like, so you're just paying it? He's like, no, <laughs> I'm going to go fight it. Of course, yes. Yeah, all right. So now, obviously, we have to go ahead and go ahead and see uh, Larry in court. Yes, highly entertaining here. <laughs> Insane, but... 
I mean, Your Honor, I, I don't even know why I'm here. There should be no such thing as a ticket for this. It's our inalienable right to beep. Without the freedom to beep, we are no better than the beasts in the field. <laughs> he turns and to I'm the not audience. talking about the common chicken. I'm talking about the mighty oxen and the donkey with his floppy ears, his pea brain, and his stolid slack-jaw gaze. A revolting creature. If there ever was one oh, okay. who walked the earth. Okay, all right. That's enough of that talk about donkeys and field chickens. I've got more about the donkey. That's enough. All right, so Officer Jenkins, you have been in this courtroom many times. How many of those cases has been because someone has beeped you? Never, Your Honor. Not once. A feather in my cap. I'm a first to beep a cop. I'm a pioneer, Your Honor. In the mold of a Rosa Parks. In the mold wow. of a uh, uh. Jackie Robinson. Mm -hmm. Anyone else you're in the mold of? Uh, maybe a Martin Luther King or a Malcolm X. Harriet Tubman. Yes, Harriet Tubman, although I'm not quite sure what she did. I have a feeling <laughs> she was in the pioneer family. All right, so do you think that... I'm it's sorry, okay, Donald Trump doesn't know either. Step back, you're in the well right now. Oh, am I in the well? Yeah, that would be called a well. Oh, sorry. Somebody could have told me about the well, frankly. You know, I was talking to you outside. You didn't mention anything about the well. <laughs> I want to kill you. I think we need to get back to you beeping right now. Your Honor, may, may I offer you a cough drop? You know, you're a judge. You're talking a lot. There are people there all the time. You, you, you can get a sore throat. Take it. Take, take the I, cough I, drop. I, I don't need any. Take it for later. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you for your, yeah. your warm pocket um, you'll, candy. You'll thank me. You'll thank me. You'll be sucking on that thing going... <laughs> that guy in court today really had something with that cough drop. Yeah. The chances of me putting yeah. that in my mouth are very slim. Well, well, if you're not going to suck on it, you might as well return it. I mean, what's <laughs> the point of taking a cough drop from somebody if you're not going to suck on it? Because I'll use it. Yeah, that may be the first thing that we've agreed on today. <laughs> now take your unsucked okay. candy and get back to your desk. Okay, let the record show I had a good time in the well. Mm. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> Love the well. I'm so glad I can. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm really glad this too. This is not going the way you wanted it. Your Honor, are you listening to what this man is saying over here? Huh? Did you listen to one word? You who? Mr. David, did you just... Did you just you who me? I did. I, I you who you. you. You weren't paying attention, so I you who. Right, so you decided it was okay to you who. Oh, well, you can't you who a judge? You most certainly cannot you who a judge. I'm affirming these citations. Very well. I will pay your citation. But I could not leave this courtroom without telling you that a grave injustice has been done here. For I'm not doing this for me. I did it for you, and you, and you, Bailiff. and all of you. For we are not donkeys. Or in Brooklyn, we, we would say, we would say donkeys for some reason. <laughs> donkeys. Oh, man. All right. So, yeah, I don't understand what the hell's motivating him in court, but it's, it's very funny. <laughs> yeah so like this is kind of like where you start getting into stuff where like nothing that's happening here makes any sense but yeah like you're just like seeing like larry david like improving like a ridiculous court defense and... let the record show that he had a great time in the well and you know what i had a great time watching him in the well <laughs> yeah well, yeah the well is great yeah <laughs> larry david should spend more time in wells yes. doing this. <laughs> yeah um yeah, and um, and coaches, you called David Wayne's the police officer. Like, I'm so glad I came, which is how we all feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, feel, think how great it is for like the other random people sitting there in the courtroom. Like, they go home. Like, honey, guess what? I went to protest a ticket today, and the guy before me was talking about field mice and donkeys. I think he's a famous rich guy from Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> he went crazy at the courthouse. Yeah. 
Donkeys? The mighty ox. Donkeys. We called them donkeys yes. for some reason. Do you, do you say donkey? Um, I don't think so. I think I say donkey. Donkey. Yeah. Wait, wait. Well, hold on. You just did say donkey. Donkey. Does it does it rhyme with like like Don Old Trump or Donald Trump? So Don. Not not okay. not monkey. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. All right. Anyway, so he pays the ticket. Yeah, so um, we cut to Ted uh, in a car behind a truck at a traffic light, and the light turns green, same situation. And uh, Ted gives a little beep, and once again, super loud, this uh, huge guy comes tumbling out and walks over to Ted, tells him to roll down his window. Uh, Ted's like, I'm so sorry. That was just like a reminder beep. And the man starts reaching in, grabs Ted by the collar and tells him, you know, no, that was way too aggressive. And he starts grabbing him and holding him. And without any other choice, Ted goes to the uh, I'm Ted dancing card. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you know, come on. Cheers, Becker. Yeah. No, he says Becker first, which I thought is a very strange order of Ted. Becker first. He says Becker. Cheers. (laughs) That's funny. I mean, you know, in in the world of curb, that's his most famous thing, right? Like we also saw the uh, the taxi driver called him Becker, so right, yeah, right. Except when we we yeah, Ted, our Ted dance and dating is based on the beginning of Curb. Now this is much later, yeah. But he hasn't done Curb in that world. We don't know if he's done the Good Place. Or, oh, he did do the the Robert Ely movie, <laughs> right? Yeah. All right, um, all right. So where are we going next? Yeah, we go back over to Jeff's house um, and um, they knock on the door. Susie opens and it's Larry together with uh, Elizabeth Banks and introduces and says, this is my friend Elizabeth. Yep. What about Elizabeth? Huh? And um, Susie's like so excited and uh, ushers her in. And Larry um, introduces Elizabeth to Jeff as well. He's completely starstruck and they all go sit in in the living room and Elizabeth is telling Susie that you know sorry uh, Susie is telling Elizabeth about you know she's like so out of her mind right now her little sister is missing and Elizabeth is like oh I completely understand like I once lost my cat so I know exactly how you feel and Susie's like that's not the same like losing a cat is the same thing as losing a person (laughs) and Elizabeth's like no it's like much it's much worse like your person like you just met my person (laughs) my cat Mr. Noodles I knew for 14 years and slept on my bosom every night. Like that's like that. He actually mattered to me. Like this is not like a new person. Like you don't care about this person. Like you'll Mm -hmm. move on to somebody else next week. Mm -hmm. Um, And Susie's like, what are you crazy? This woman is flesh and blood, this girl. And I like the cat. And he's like, no, well, actually, she's not really your flesh and blood. And. You know, Elizabeth is still, you know, listen, I can, you know, I can tweet something out about it. that could maybe call some attention to it. I have a lot of followers. And Susie's like, yeah, you know, I have this video for dancing. Um, Larry says it's a bad idea. I've seen it already. And Susie's like, he doesn't know what he's talking about, which is probably true. Sure. And um, Susie wants to show the visit, the, you know, the video to Elizabeth anyway. And Susie tells her she, you know, I'm going to I want to show you a video of my cat. Mm. <laughs> um, and Susie's like rolling her eyes. She's not into it. Yeah. And Elizabeth calls starts calling Larry Elvid. Mm, great. And they explain that it's their little pet name. So that she calls him 
Elvid and he calls her Lizzie. Yeah. Yeah. I could see how that would get annoying. Smoopy. Mm, okay. Well, fortunately, this relationship is going to burn bright, but uh, fast. <laughs> yeah. So um, a cop car pulls up in the driveway. I, I will say at this point, we had previously ranked all of Larry's uh, girlfriends on the show. And I would say, um, I would say up yeah. until I would say up until this point, she's the best. Up until this point in the story, yes, <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, she's very cool so far. Yeah, she's amazing. I mean, she's she's insane. Right, her, her behavior doesn't make a lot of sense, but uh, I'm here for it. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So uh, the cop car pulls up, and it's only, Katie. only one police officer, of course. Yes, um, it's Katie. Yeah, uh, they start running towards each other, and uh, Larry notices that Katie's wearing his sunglasses on her forehead. Yes, so like, so Katie's running towards Susie. Susie's running towards Katie, and then Larry starts running towards Katie. And we've seen and... this, of course, in Seinfeld with Jerry knocking Elaine out of the way. Very similar, <laughs> right? Of the race, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so Larry knocks uh, Susie out of the way. We also see in the background, Elizabeth Banks is just laughing maniacally <laughs> like at, at the joy of her boyfriend having found his glasses and knocking this woman out of the way. She's like, Elizabeth Banks is so happy for no reason. I mean, it's complete insanity, but just absolutely delightful. Yes. Um, um, so Susie asks uh, the officer where he found her. And he tells her she was at her boyfriend. Mm. And uh, Susie's, Susie's like, no, she doesn't have a boyfriend. Yeah. Su- Susie's the person who is, uh, you know, unswayed by evidence. <laughs> um, much, like, much like Cheryl's real life husband. Yeah. So Larry asks Elizabeth if, uh, if she likes his glasses. And of course she does. And they're about to go get a bite to eat when Larry spots Jeff's hat sitting mm. on top of the roof of the house. And um, Elizabeth tells Elvid that, you know, it's too dangerous <laughs> to which he replies, don't worry, Lizzie. And he pulls out, as you said, a fairly normal stepladder. Yes. Leans it against the garage door, climbs up like three or four steps and retrieves it. And she's it's like, oh, my Rick. God, Elvid, is there anything that you are that you are afraid of? Mm, yes. And he grabs his hat. And while he celebrates, the rake slips out of his hand that he was using and hits the hits the cop car and makes a big dent in the roof of the car. And uh, Larry takes one look over at Elizabeth and says, let's get the fuck out of here. And they oh, run off. Yes. I think, by the way, I'm now realizing why I was associating Salman Rushdie with Colonel Vidman. The fatwa sex appeal is sort of similar to Mary Ferguson's attractiveness to the heroism of Colonel Vidman. Mm-hmm. Who so he gives off a uh, a, a, a impeachment sex, or I don't even know what you would call it in the circumstance, but right, hero yeah. or whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, whistleblower sex. Yeah. All right. So, so they they run to the same restaurant where we always go. Yes. Yes. Head back for one more trip to the restaurant mm. with uh, this time Larry and Elizabeth. Disturbance number five coming up. <laughs> Hypothetical. I like it. So now, now dinner's over, yes. okay? And there's a big pile of dishes in the kitchen. Sure. We don't want to deal with that, right? Wait till tomorrow. We've got other things to do. No, we don't need to wait. Thirsty till Elizabeth. Why? I pick up the phone. I open up the app. Five minutes later, there's uh, there's people doing the dishes. Excuse me. I'm looking for a suspect. You vandalized police property. Larry David. Hi. I'm the restaurant manager. How may I help you? Yes, I'm looking for uh, Larry David. 
Ah, uh, yes, Larry David. Yeah, I'm looking for him. He's one of our more engaging customers. <laughs> they'll be driving all over the city, just okay. like Uber. Right. And then they'll get their, their dish call. I just don't understand how you and I are getting it on after dinner if there's a rando stranger in the house doing the dishes. Oh, my God. That's my cop. Come on, come, come on. <laughs> You're not answering any of my questions. Well, I just want to tell you, I'm here to support the men in blue. 110%. Okay. Uh, we, we, we need a plan. We gotta come up with a plan. What's the story? What do we, what do we say? Um, okay, here it is. We went across the street to buy some lemonade from, from these uh, Girl Scouts. One of the Girl Scouts is Asian. It's good to be specific when you lie. It's the cornerstone of a good lie. Okay. Okay? Um, <laughs> and the lemonade was delicious. Yes. Delicious lemonade. I can taste it. Yes. All of a sudden, a gust of Santa Ana wind comes along and knocks the, the rake off the roof onto the hood of the car. Yes. Okay, I can... Got it? I got it. Yes, of course. Are you kidding me? I, mean, I did Shakespeare. I can handle this. <clears throat> Is there a problem? Yeah, there's a problem. You vandalized my car. Oh. Oh, no, oh, no, no. Officer, no. <laughs> we were... Standing across the street from your vehicle, buying some lemonade from a, a stand. It's like a, you know, the wooden with the lemonade sign. stand. The lemonade stand. <laughs> there were the little ones, the brownies, one of whom was Indian. And we decided <laughs> that we actually wanted Arnold Parkers. And so. Palmers. I don't think so. Palmer. Arnold Palmer. Well, let's leave that detail for another day. <laughs> At any rate, he went into the house to uh, retrieve the... Yes, there was a man, an Irishman, <laughs> uh, who went into the house. He said, I'll go get you ye the iced tea for the Arnold Parker. And so while we were waiting for the Arnold's... Palm, whatever it is. Palmer! Anyway, a gust of wind came. It blew a rake off of the, um... The roof! The roof. Off the roof of the house, onto the I car. I was handling it! Anyway, the yelling it blew the rake off of the <laughs> roof. In court. And that's how your car was damaged. All right, you're coming with me. It landed on your vehicle. Great, great performance! You're an actress? You know what? That's the worst performance I've ever seen in my life! It was a you. bad script, Larry. I do better with a little more preparation. All right, can we pause for a second? I need a rehearsal. Yeah. So first of all, why is he being taken away? Why does he suspect that it's him and not her? When she came up with the ridiculous lie. Second of all, why does he take them through the kitchen? <laughs> we know there's a door in the front. Like they want to create the maximum. They like having disturbances. Yeah. So yeah, th this police officer has very strange uh, uh, modus operandi. Yeah. All right. So we're looking at the chef's bewilderment as Larry David causes another disturbance in his kitchen. Give me a break. Fuck you, Elvis. Hello? What the fuck? Hi, I'm the manager. Um, and yeah, it's um, this uh, this nice young couple about to have their dinner spoiled because of uh, yet another disturbance in the kitchen. Now, that disturbance from what we just saw, I don't understand why that would explain a delay in these people's food. Basically, the, the chef stopped preparing for 30 seconds to watch Larry walk through. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's some whole protocols and now they have to. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't have a good answer. Every time a cop takes a perp through the kitchen, they have to throw all the food out and start over from scratch. Yeah, start from scratch. It's a new yeah. day. All right. In that case, that's a very good. Uh... Yeah. So I'm just I'm totally bewildered by what the hell Elizabeth Banks is doing this entire episode, but it's very entertaining, whatever it is. <laughs> 
She brought the crazy. And so our episode ends. Our episode ends. All right, Al, why don't you go first? What's your rating for the episode? Yeah, so I, um, to me, this is just like one of those where like, I feel like we said a couple times over the course of it that like there was some stuff that was just like, doesn't really make sense. Why are people behaving this way? And that is kind of when it, you know, it sometimes feels curb is like going a little bit off the rails. But, you know, this episode still made me laugh a whole bunch. Um, and as you said, um, Elizabeth Banks is just like so fun in here. And just like three or four other just like really fun Larry scenes. Um, so this to me rounds out to like a pretty middle of the road episode. And I will give it a standard pretty, pretty, pretty good. Three pretty out of five. Okay. I generally agree with you. Um, look, Elizabeth Banks doesn't really her behavior doesn't make sense, but it's very fun to watch. Same with the restaurant owner. You could say the Susie little sister story really goes nowhere. The plot as a whole is not great, but as you said, a lot of good laughs. So I agree. Solid episode. I will rank it pretty, pretty, pretty good. So two and a half for me, which I rank it 72 out of 94. So I guess that's slightly below average, but look, it's two and a half. Curb is good curb. So it's good. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. All right. Uh, who's your come with guy? Um, I'm going to go with the come with gal. Um, it's going to be Elizabeth Banks. Um, just saying, as we said over and over, just like she really brought her a game. Just this just like super fun, wacky version of herself. It's just like so probably just like, you know, such a fun, a fun way to play it. Yeah, no, I think you're completely right. It, it, it has to be her. It makes no fucking sense what she's doing but it's highly entertaining and so yeah she uh clean sweep although she ends the episode by saying fuck you Alvin," which is too bad because it sounds like uh their relationship is coming to an end oh well that's a shame yeah well that is a shame speaking of fuck you you're a fucking asshole that's what you are who's the fucking asshole um i think it's you know gotta go with the cop here um you know you don't give someone a ticket for an overbeep that's just ridiculous like Come on, like, you know, like, we know you have a little bit of power. Like, don't wield around that power to, like, give people a hard time for nonsense. You see somebody committing a real crime, fine. So, so you're anti-police. That's what you're saying. They're fucking ass. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, all I'm cops, A-C-A-F-A-H. All cops are fucking asses. That says Ovsonetsky. <laughs> I don't care for this, this uh, mm. brand of policing. Yes. Um, no, you're not wrong. I mean, look, the restaurant manager is a prick, but I do think he redeems himself in the final scene because... His obfuscating obfuscating with the cop gives Elvin and Lizzie a chance to escape or at least a chance to come up with their story. Not that it helps. But yeah, but the as you said, the police officer himself, fuck this pig. You cannot give someone a ticket for honking your horn. It's, you know, doing important business. Pull over, as you said. Do it not in the way of oncoming traffic. So yes, this cop is a, a bad cop. Bad cop over here. It's the bad apples that spoil it for all, all the good cops who are not doing traffic uh, at intersections, That's right? That's true. <laughs> all right. Would you stop with the Ted dance? Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. I'm better than him. You're worse. (laughs) Much, much worse. So we have some uh, cameos, obviously, in this episode. We have uh, Damon Wayans Jr. playing the cop. We have Salman Rushdie and Elizabeth Banks playing themselves. Is Salman Rushdie in 2017 more famous than Ted Danson in... In 2002, I would say for like American television watchers, probably no. Yeah, I think no. Even if, you know, in certain circles, you know, in Europe, obviously, yes. Uh, But then the Elizabeth Banks, what about her? I think yes. 
Mm, okay, so she she gets to uh to join the Ted Dancing Club. Yeah, I mean, we might have to like look more specifically at the year, but I think yes. Like, was she like that's like post like knocked up, right? Yeah. All right. So we we already have Jimmy Kimmel from this season. Yeah, he's more famous than her. Yeah, and so yeah, we're gonna add Elizabeth Banks, and um, okay. I, I mean, I'm sure there's a way that you can actually like search by like how 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 many hits somebody had in a certain time period. Oh, Is that a Google see, thing? I just want to see her. What what year of are we in now? Where this is airing? 2017. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, she's already been in Hunger Games movies. But is she past the prime? Like, what are the next things she's doing? Uh, her last movie was Power Rangers in 2017. Oh no, sorry, that's just her last awards. <laughs> sorry, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so that's, that's not right. Uh, she was in the multi, you know, yeah, 2017 is kind of like she was, like, yeah, extremely big. Like, she's a movie star, okay, yeah, Got like it. she's been in, she's like coming, it was like in between the second and third Hunger Games trilogy, okay. perfect two and three. Is she, she play a major role in the Hunger Games? Uh, she's not like the major, major, but like, yeah, she's you know one of the five, you know, five to seven characters probably okay i, yeah. I think i don't, I don't know anything i don't remember it. it so well um yeah it. she's you know she's in a lot of stuff here okay she's a she's a yeah she's a like i don't know if she's like a movie star but like she's in a, like a lot of movies sure okay all right uh and next week we'll get i think another member of the ted dancing club right brian cranston oh yeah Maybe. except well but he plays a character so he doesn't he's not qualified actually no oh, there you go yeah um yeah. God before we knew you. Yes. All right. Is it time for the postman then? Yes. Let's do the postman. 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 Come here. Tell the neighborhood. What a shanda, Larry. Larry David. You're a lousy Jew. But you're a lousy human being. He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair. A shanda. Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew. First up, we have Tzvi Raps, who says, ah, this is the season nine quality. I remember an overstuffed episode with way too many unfunny bits. Susie's little sister storyline in particular went nowhere. Come with guy. Gotta be Salmon. Teaches Larry about thoughtless sex and then dips out of the only restaurant in L.A. So Elvidge can get with Elizabeth Banks. Fucking ass of the week is Cheryl Hines. She has no problem divorcing Larry, but stands by her psychopath anti-vaxxer piece of shit in real life. At least in the Holocaust, the TiVo wasn't broken. Jared Jerome was right all along. I give this episode two pretties out of five, mostly for Leon, Swat, and Salmon. Okay. John Gormley says, hello, Alex and Av. Good episode of Curb here. The goofball restaurant manager reminded me of Norm McDonald. As someone who's worked at a restaurant, I can confirm the way the chef reacted to Larry is not at all how any chef would react to a customer wandering in and starting a conversation in the middle of service. Any chef would have screamed and cursed them out of the room from the first instance. <laughs> Gary Anthony Williams plays the judge who I think did a neat job. He is a recurring cast member on Whose Line Is It Anyway, another improv show, which I'm a huge fan of. I believe I put that show very high on my top 100 shows ranking for the 32 Fans podcast a few years back. Surprised we haven't seen virtually anyone else from Who's Line on Curb, considering there are only a number, a limited number of actors who can do improv. You'd think the whole Who's Line cast would be sought after for great roles more often, but I suppose otherwise. Yeah, we haven't seen uh, any of the other 
big who what happens like Wayne Brady in general? I don't know that um, you've seen that clip he did with uh, Dave Chappelle. No, no. Well, I'll I'll send it to you afterwards. It's very funny. The video Susie plays of her little sister's dance. I can relate to as many of my family members are fond of sharing untalented shit that extended family matters get up to. Thankfully, they are now mostly in the form of WhatsApp videos, which can be easily ignored. Come with guy is Salmon for getting Larry back out there. Fucking asshole is Elon Musk for creating an overly honky horde. <laughs> Gives the episode pretty, pretty good. Two praise. Okay. Next up is Joshua Schmitz, who says, great episode. The restaurant manager was beyond ridiculous, and I thought he was hilarious. Elizabeth Banks did a great job, too, and fit in well in the Curb Universe. Fucking asshole is Ted Danson. Come with gal is Elizabeth Banks. Rating four pretties out of five. Pretty Jim high. Crumley writes in and he says, hi, this episode was a slight step up, but still didn't quite hit right. Two out of five pretties come with guy is Sal Bass Rushdie. His appearance makes a nice comparison to Colonel Vindman's on season 11. There Ooh. you go. His acting is passable, but more importantly, he gave Larry advice that worked out. Fucking asshole is the policeman giving a ticket for being hogged at L.A. cops are famously thin skinned, but that's ridiculous. All right. Next up is William Blake, who says, hey, Alex and Av, my name is Will, and I should warn you, this email might be a bit dangerous. To answer your question from last week, I have plotted before, but seeing as I am currently under a fatwa, I cannot discuss it. The come with guy is Salman Rushdie. He got Larry out of his Dr. Simmons getup, which is pretty, pretty, pretty good for his tepid sex life. Fucking asshole is the restaurant manager. What's more, what's most infuriating is that he will never be self-aware enough to know of his incompetence. He gives the episode three and a half out of five pretties. This is a good episode. Why do the collective we of Curb Fandom like this season the least? There are no home run episodes so far, but a bunch of doubles. Yeah, I'm, I'm finding that as well. Yeah, three base hits so far. And I thought the first episode was very good. Yeah. Um, all right, heading over to Zach Brooks, who says, are we sure Stephen Rana Zisi was telling the truth mm. about the disturbance in the kitchen? Yeah. Where, he, where, where, he, where was he this time? Yeah. I was trying to make this episode with time when, I, when we got in trouble for the 9-11 line. I wondered if we'd get that addressed like we did with Michael Richards controversy. Yeah, no, we didn't. How was it 2022 and we still don't have a subtle polite honk feature in cars yet? I'm basically terrified to honk at someone unless it's an emergency. Yeah, so my, my car actually does. My, my car's honk is it, it's sort of a it's a British guy sort of clearing his throat and saying, excuse me. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, my, my wife uh, is very embarrassed when she uh, honks. <laughs> I hear that, too. Uh, the fucking ass of the week is the power hungry cop. The come with guy is, I guess, Salman Rushdie. To be honest, he wasn't even on my radar until the episode originally aired. Maybe I'm dumb. I thought this was a fun episode that came together in the end. Four pretties out of five. Who was it? F. Murray Abraham who plays Sal Bass in Seinfeld? No, he plays the Ayatollah later in this season. Oh, so then who plays Sal Bass? I think it's some guy, some random guy, I think. Um, oh, played by Tony Amendola. Danny Amendola. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Who's Tony Amendola? <laughs> Tony Amendola, American actor. Oh, yeah. It's the Salas guy. Yeah. Um, He played the Jaffa Master Bratak in Stargate SG-1. I don't know what that means. 
He had a recurring role as revolutionary leader Edward Kagame of Liberate in the television show Continuum. He played Pinocchio's creator, Geppetto, in ABC's Once Upon a Time. Oh, so Seinfeld isn't even in his uh, top of like his intro. Okay. All right. Well, that's what it is for me. All right. And finally, we go to Olin Allen, who says, great episode. Barely a wasted moment, just laughing from start to finish. Rich Fuller was great as the evasive restaurant manager. Noticed he used the same line as Larry did two episodes ago with Richard Lewis about taking Larry's insult as a compliment. Oh, great funny. playoff with Susie. Loved Ted trying to use Becker to avoid being harassed. <laughs> yeah. Banks was very fun in game two. And nice to see Steven Ranasisi too. Probably my favorite of the characters within the league. And I admire his Andy Kaufman esque style blathering about his 9 11 adventures. <laughs> <laughs> And he gives the episode a rating of four and a half. Wow. It is. It's a real love. This guy is my man, Salman Rushdie. Very playfully engaging. Better than I remembered. Releasing Larry to a life where he can use his danger to attract anyone and prepare for the best, for the best sex there is. Also, I can't add him to the list of her people I met, but my wife did and has her satanic verses signed by him. Very cool. Hmm. Fucking asshole is the over officious cop. Abusing his responsibilities and infringing on the, the rights, holding up the society with his unnecessary police work at red lights. Sounds like a fucking asshole to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it says here that he left his wife in the mid in the mid 80s. Salman Rushdie mm-hmm. fought what time he leaves his wife for the Australian writer, Robin Davidson, who has her own Wikipedia page. So he basically leaves his wife for a, a famous author. Then. He partners up with another uh, famous author, Marianne Wiggins, an American author. He marries her in 1989, 88. Then he divorces her and he marries a, a third wife in 1997. And then he marries Padma Lakshi. Uh, so that Fatwa sex has really. Oh, no. Then they got divorced in 2007. But uh, yeah, the Fatwa sex seems to have worked for uh, Salman Rushdie. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out yeah. for him. And by the way, he lives in uh, Manhattan. He does not live in L.A. Mm. Right. But uh, if, yeah, maybe a uh, good job by uh, Salmon using the Fatwa sex to his advantage in real life. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. Uh, so, what is our overall episode ranking? Yeah, so the audience uh, gives it a ranking of a three point fourteen. Uh, so I guess that's pi, right? So audio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. So maybe maybe that was the disturbance. They were having uh, someone was cooking up a bunch of pies for a pie tournament. Mm. <laughs> it, caused a, it caused a huge disturbance. We were so maybe we ended up being the very disturbance. Yeah. So that's uh that's the sixty fifth ranked episode by the audience uh, with your ranking of two and a half, and I gave it a three. That knocks it up to a two. Oh, sorry, knocks it down to a two point eight eight, making it the sixty eighth. Sorry, oh, okay. Me. All right, so that I have it at seventy two. So we're in the same area. Sixty eighth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. All right, well, next week, we uh, get running with the bulls. As I said, we have Brian Cranston, Larry's therapist. We'll accuse him of overstepping his boundaries. Susie will get suspicious of Jeff. What else is new? And Larry will bribe an usher at a funeral. So... I don't remember. I mean, I remember Brian Cranston, obviously. I remember them having a discussion about chairs. But other than that, I really don't remember a lot about this episode. 
I don't remember it at all. Looking forward. But yeah, so far, so far, season nine has been a pleasant surprise in a positive way. Each of the last three episodes. And yeah, we're a third of the way through. And I don't know why it has this reputation, because as far as we're concerned, it's pretty, 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 pretty good. Get a life, Jews.